0: We are welcome. Oh. to the Rethink Podcast. Did you do that when I wasn't here?
1: We did the we... Rethink Think yeah. Underground Podcast. Re- the, we're re- we were rethinking the Rethink Faithful Podcast. Faithful listeners, you
0: know that that was a phony podcast. Did that
2: ever get on the internet? Did it? Did it? Oh wow! It did work, huh? Hmm. I just didn't know if the like. I mean, you know, you got a you got a uh, title. Yeah, the official
0: Imposter, microphone imposters podcasting.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you, Stefan, for that. Yeah, please do that again. Yeah, microphone tap, <laughs> tap guy. That was good.
0: We, Audio engineer. Uh, we are on podcast number two in Greece. Now, what, what I want to know is we did a podcast about Philippi somewhere in Greece. Mm-hmm. Where were we?
1: In Philippi? No, I mean, like, what? we
0: sat on a bench, didn't we, <laughs> I mean? Did a podcast? <laughs> Not, Meteora? Meteora? We did a podcast at Meteora about Philippi? Well, that doesn't make sense. Or,
1: I think it, I think we were in Kavala right there on the. So Kavala is the, the coast
3: early morning town when we were. It was early, early morning. morning. We went down to the. Because the, the dock. seagulls were all around and yeah. the boats and mm-hmm. fishing the guys boats. Were fishing and
1: stuff. There. So this
0: one really needs to be good or we'll just play that one. Yeah. Sure. That one wasn't that great.
1: I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I liked it. Solid. Great. It's been too great long. Great background. Yeah. So. Fishermen
2: looking at us like we're crazy. So
0: we did several podcasts in Greece um, and we did one for Philippi there but we didn't do one for every week of the series mm-hmm. so we're kind of filling the gaps and we're
1: you going. know what was one of my favorite moments in Kavala is uh, we were going to go up to the castle mm-hmm. there it kind of looks over the bay and we were going to have lunch so we found this one spot to order lunch we all get our mo- meals and jeff ordered the platter for four. Was awesome <laughs> <laughs> i have a picture of it it was the largest platter of food I think we had the entire time we were in Greece. It was incredible. It was. And you ate 90% of it. I was very impressed. So, But then you guys didn't make the, it up to the castle. Well, well, you, done. Then you I actually was, went back to the Airbnb and took a nap. <laughs> well, well, there was, it was like,
3: like a ton of Sivlaki on there, wasn't there? So like wasn't that six what? different kinds of meat. Yeah. 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 You, you right. had some meat sweats going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, plus, it was 150 degrees, Yeah, pretty but sure. The 50. castle
1: was awesome. It was straight uphill. Yeah. it was great
2: this is the picture you missed out on you guys didn't get on top of the yeah yep. castle yeah uh, was... we retreated yeah you guys
0: are taking old guys go back home <laughs> yep
2: oh here's the picture
0: of just <laughs> lay down yeah
2: oh right. my
1: yeah it's massive Let's maybe we can insert there were it into no
2: elk the... up there i was One, sure two, of it three four five six kebabs <laughs> it looks like four and a half pounds of fries <laughs>
1: yeah
0: yeah that it was, was it was crazy
3: Ridiculous.
1: But yeah, that was a. Uh,
0: that
3: was only like eleven bucks.
1: I'm sure that's exactly what Paul and his companions ordered ben when they landed there. Ben, the whole Ben Bees eating a Greek salad. I'm just
3: eating Greek salads.
2: Ben Farley's Liar. in the background on. <laughs> he's on. His, <laughs>
1: that was that was his uh, talking to Janelle. His pose the entire week. <laughs> <So>.
2: Ben, who? <laughs> uh,
0: well,
1: then, insert oh, this. He's
2: not man. watching
0: these. No, he's not watching these. <sighs> Got his own thing going on. <laughs> But he's in our podcasts. Yeah, we tried to cut him out, but we couldn't. we—I so. <laughs> cut,
1: we... him, out. I cut him out of my picture last week. So, <laughs> That's... That's a thing. I also cut Matt out <laughs> and, and Levi and Levi and uh, Ben and Ben. Yeah, so
3: yeah. One, three
1: of you. But Jeff, you're in it, and Stefan, you're in it. So,
0: I, yeah, whatever. Act sixteen, guys. Uh, Philippi. Yeah. Lydia. So, yes, yeah, we, we're approaching this section uh, from the perspective of life changes. Mm-hmm. When you encounter the gospel, it brings life change. Um, so we're going to do three stories the next mm-hmm. three weeks. It'll be Lydia, uh, a slave girl, uh, and a jailer, all, all of whom were exposed to the gospel in one way or another. And change. You know, Lydia goes from being what I would describe as a religious, successful probably, but a religious, that's the key in the story, lady, uh, practicing Judaism, faithful to God, uh, but she doesn't know Jesus until Paul introduces her to what God has done, and she accepts. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, and then the slave girl, that is a, that's a weird story. It'd be interesting when we develop that one because the text says Paul got kind of tired of her proclaiming that these men are servants of the Most High God, and so he cast a demon out. And, of course, my thought immediately is, why did he wait why didn't he just do that so we can talk about that uh but her life's changed she's free i don't know that she's free as a slave but she's free spiritually at least from the demonic presence in her life Uh, and then the jailer because paul gets in trouble for doing what he did Mm -hmm. the jailer uh who when paul is dramatically miraculously rescued from prison um, but doesn't run away you know he can he accepts christ there and and his whole family Uh, whatever that means we don't know when his whole family becomes followers of Christ and is baptized. So life change when you encounter the gospel. And I, I think that's the emphasis we want to make. You know, this is a 2,000-year-old story, but the gospel hasn't changed. And its impact on people's lives
1: hasn't changed. So one of the things, the gospel changes, you know, individuals who encounter the gospel. But also we see a change in methodology for the spread of the gospel here as well. Yeah. Because one of the
2: things that we talked about last week was... Paul going to synagogues mm-hmm. as he went throughout his first missionary journey primarily, he gets to this one, shows up in Philippi, and he finds out there's some religious women meeting down by the river, which the method immediately changes yep, kind of right. He goes and finds them, yeah the place changes, yep
0: well, there's no synagogue in Philippi that's yep.
2: exactly right.
0: so there's not enough Jewish people there to, uh, that's a presumption. there's not at least ten uh jewish families jewish men because that would have been the number necessary to have a synagogue
1: mm-hmm. so
0: we d- can't go to a synagogue but i think there's more to it than that this is chapter 16. chapter 15 is a council in jerusalem that was centered around debating the um the steps necessary for a person who is jewish or non-jewish becoming a christ follower mm-hmm. and do they need specifically to be circumcised or not and you remember that proclamation from the the church in Jerusalem the church leaders was no they don't need to become jewish to become christian specifically they don't need to be circumcised which was interesting did you guys talk about timothy yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> wait paul we just decided they don't need to be circumcised right. but go ahead and do it anyway yeah no i think i'll go with the rule <laughs> no, he, yeah he's circumcised but so there's no there's no synagogue there but there's also this this change in well it's not a change for Paul really, but in the church in general, this mm-hmm. approach mm-hmm. is clarified now. Uh we're mm-hmm. not gonna go through this procedures and it's more than just the procedure, it's the it's a whole idea of law, obedience
1: being righteousness, to we're gonna follow the gospel. So another key aspect here is when the gospel is presented to Lydia, it's It goes from religious to relationship real quick. Right. And we see this change in pattern, even how the gospel spreads in mission, is it goes from synagogue building location-focused to in-homes focused. Mm. Yeah. And we see the spread of the gospel primarily happen in a relational context for the next 300 years. It's crazy. Mm. Not until the time of Constantine do we see Christian churches buildings popping up and that's whenever it was you know institutionalized by the Roman government wow. and so yeah it goes from synagogue first mission trip and we have some Gentiles bouncing here and there it's for the Gentiles second mission trip Paul and his companions go on the methodology changes the message never changes methodology methodology changes and then how they begin to gather and form Look different. The synagogue is still a place that worship is done, but they're meeting in houses again. Hmm. And we see that as a primary context in which they form and gather and multiply. And we see churches formed in Lydia's house. Lydia's house is one of the very first churches in Europe. Well, she, after her baptism, she uh, persuades them to come
0: and stay. They're reluctant at first, but she persuades them to come stay in her house. Mm hmm. Yeah,
1: And the church begins.
3: Yeah, and at the end of <clears throat> chapter 16 there, when Paul and Silas are let out of jail, it says in verse 40, it says that he went to the brothers and sisters that were meeting there. If in the beginning of this encounter, there's only women gathering at the mm-hmm. river. So John Stott, in reading his commentary, made the point that in just a few weeks of Paul and Silas being in philippi they had converted a number of people and it was it was a full-blown church mm-hmm. by the time they got ready to
0: well, lydia has a household. Leave. um we don't know if there's men in that but the jail yeah, the jailer particularly mm-hmm. yeah right uh, yeah uh, and into his household so quickly quickly the gospel spreads here that's going to get him in trouble later on in these journeys yeah. because mm-hmm. it happens over and over <laughs> again and they run him out of town but yeah yeah quite an impact so we we got the methodology changing but the message stays mm-hmm. the same and that's an important observation because that has to continue today right but our, our greatest fights in church today is really not over message it's over method
3: it's sure. how it's staying on the mission and that's uh, what i found was interesting is the you know we say here pursue god connect disciples and unleash compassion Lydia's life is an actual picture of that mission. She's pursuing a relationship with God by meeting with these women and then allowing Paul to come and preach the gospel to them, but they're connected in a way that, like you said, they're a life group. And then she literally becomes a missionary to her family. And so she was, she's actually living out, you know, Matthew 28, um, the great commission in her own life without really even knowing it at first. Mm -hmm. And I, I just found that to be fascinating too. Powerful.
0: So let's talk about an element of this story that I think um, is important to focus on. That's Lydia's baptism. Uh, because we're going to focus upon that with the message quite a bit. Because the story is pretty simple. Uh, there's some elements to, you know, Philippi, the Roman colony and all that. Did you guys cover that? I didn't watch your podcast. I... We did not the cover what? that. <laughs> what
3: are you, what are you the talking The Roman colony. That's of a Philist. Roman
0: city. It's a leading city. All that business. No, I didn't talk about it. It's that. actually
3: called Little Rome. Yeah yeah back in the day yeah it was
0: a really important king philip Mm i thought this was hilarious um dave stott drive through history talks about king philip and was it 350 i believe it was 356 conquered this this region and so he renamed this and made it a roman colony Mm -hmm. uh, or a leading city and he renamed it philippi from whatever it was previously after himself Right. And Dave Stott makes note that his son is named Alexander the Great, and he gets his humility from dad. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I conquered. The city's named after me. Um, all that's all that's important. But the real key in the story that we want to talk about is for baptism, uh, because that's such a controversial issue, unfortunately, in mm-hmm. the church world. Um, there's a lot of things going on here. So I, I thought it'd be a good time for us just to lay out. You know, here's why we say what we say about baptism. Um, I think Ben and I were talking about this yesterday. One of the most challenging elements of preaching a text and talking about baptism is number one, people come to particularly to Christ church, but I think anywhere from a whole bunch of different backgrounds, right? So we've been taught a whole bunch of different things and we say things differently. The big challenge often is not what you say, but what you don't say. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. I, I just about as much criticism for not saying something as I do for what I said, you know, it's almost like you've got to go back through and when you talk about baptism, you've got to say everything all at once. And that's kind of nauseating. You know, you can't just teach what happened in this text and assume that people understand, you know. Paul and Peter never mention everything about salvation that's mentioned in Scripture in any one location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's no text. I mean, mm-hmm. Paul says... Ephesians 2, for it is by grace through faith that you are saved. Does he mean that? Yeah. Does that nullify baptism? No. Peter says, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit in Acts 238. Does he mean that? Yeah. Does that nullify having faith? Well, they I mean it just It's frustrating.
1: So thinking about that, okay, so when they present the gospel to her, you know, and say, Have you been baptized? She's like, No. It's interesting because you you pointed out she probably would have been like through a mikvah.
0: Absolutely, I think they're by, they're outside of town because that's the source of flowing water. Mm-hmm. A Jewish mikvah had to have moving water. They're there to have moving fresh water, and so they probably maybe even that morning when Paul got there, I would even almost conjure to guess he might have participated with them mm-hmm. in a ceremonial cleansing. Don't
3: don't take that as a for sure. But but when you're in Rome you do as the Romans
0: do. There's nothing wrong with sure, that. No. That was for a different purpose. It's an ex it's an external cleansing that was meant to be in the mindset of a Jewish. We're rolling our sins ahead, we're washing them and pushing them off basically mm-hmm. until God takes care of that. Mm-hmm. We offer sacrifices for that, but ultimately they had the mindset that he's sending a messiah. Mm-hmm. That's going to pay for this. Right. They just missed that it was Jesus. But right.
1: But Lydia is baptized differently, we see,-, uh-huh. as a result of the gospel. So I think this is something for us to really wrestle with is when we encounter the gospel because she believed in God, she was a, a God-fearing Jewish woman who was faithful. She's participating in, you know, the spiritual acts. But when the when we encounter the Gospel of Jesus, there demands a response of obedience. And I think this is where, in modern churches, we really wrestle with this, you know? She was probably baptized in the exact same water that she was out there, mm, yeah. you know, doing the spiritual cleansing Jewish Her heart
0: was open to a different thing because she has now heard and believed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she has
3: faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a difference. Changes the game. Yeah, there's a difference between following a command in the law and a purification ritual, as opposed to a circumcision of the heart. You know, there's a different. There's just a change of heart when it comes to that. You're you're mostly doing that purification thing because you know it's a response to the law that's written down by Moses. You know, and came from God. But there's a difference when someone says you need to change your life. And give it over and receive forgiveness of your sins because of the death of Jesus. You know that's a that's a whole different way of looking at it.
1: So, does the water save you in baptism? No, absolutely not. Peter says that we just made a lot of like Christian church church people really upset, yeah,
3: uncomfortable.
0: We would all, I think, every not every, but most Christian church people would agree with that. Mm-hmm. But that's not how we teach that. Mm-hmm. Right? You've got to get them baptized. Yep. That was the goal. I mean, you know, get them baptized. No, bring them to belief. The natural response, according to Scripture, of belief, is baptism, mm-hmm. and it makes sense when you look at like Romans six. You're buried with Christ. You resurrect with Christ. You know, in baptism, he specifically says, and it's yeah. that. It's easy to see how you're accepting that gift. You know, because of faith. The the old joke, and I share this with you, I think too as we were talking about, the, the old joke was, well, are they saved before they're baptized or after their baptism? You know, if somebody comes to faith and mm-hmm. they're on their way to be baptized and they die on the steps of the baptistry, are they saved? When the, then the response, jokingly, is, well, it depends on which way they fall. You know? <laughs> yeah. Which is,
1: but there... It's a
0: joke, but there are people that would hold to that. Like, oh, if absolutely. they didn't make it into the water before... then they, Well, it's they, what
1: we talked
2: about last it week. It's a physical thing getting in, getting in front of it. Mm-hmm. You know? Like... There's a there's a physical thing that we do if you say it like you know what I mean and in reality it has nothing to do with what we do at all you know now, even in
0: saying that I know I've just alarmed well, probably not by the watches our podcast right you might be surprised <laughs> It's like yeah, people are going well, but they need to be that's not the point yeah right that, yeah i'm nobody here is arguing that you don't need to be we are all saying that you do Yeah, but it's Jesus that saves
3: you, not the water. Yeah, and it's what you said yesterday, and we were talking on the phone. Is um, it comes down to a lordship issue? Amen. You know, so when you give your life over to make Jesus Lord and Lord and Savior of your life, you can't leave the Lord part out when it comes to the rest of Scripture. So now that your journey has brought you to the point of accepting Him as your Savior, now what does it mean for it to make Him Lord? What it means to obey you know yeah. obey his word and his word commands for us to repent be baptized you know and those so it's it, to me it's it's a it's a lordship issue if i if i want to accept him as savior but i am unwilling
0: to obey right i haven't submitted myself to him i, I don't really don't get know, who he is you say
1: you don't know who jesus is if that's the case right right you may think you do but you don't.
0: You don't have a full understanding. Right. This is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the creator and sustainer of the universe, who spoke all things into existence, who yet came and offered himself as a sacrifice in your place. Yeah. If you can't submit to that and what he says that you need to do, then you don't know who he is.
1: You're you're still acting like you're in charge, not him.
3: And He was he was baptized himself. You know, he but not he went for
1: forgiveness of sins. No, I get that part, but he it's did. Where you got to say everything every time. I know, I know. <laughs> he would say, you know, I
3: paving the way for righteousness. You know, setting an example.
0: You know, it to be obedient uh, to the father.
3: Yeah, because you you'll get a lot of people also who will say, well, I I baptism's a work, and and faith wor, works plus faith doesn't save you. And I always go back to the how, how much work are you actually doing by being baptized? It's an it's a passive act of obedience, not an active. It's thing actually a doing. humble
0: submission to yeah. let somebody else work for you.
3: Fully submitting to because yeah. they they have your life in their hands for a few seconds. You know the you know the joke is hold them down till the bubbles stop. You know it's I've not done that a few times. With yeah, certain people, uh, but. <laughs> I do think it's. Uh, I do think that's an important distinction of G- yeah. if Jesus was willing to submit Himself to, in baptism to, to set an example for us, then why are why are you so resistant to following? In, I mean, even Romans will say we were baptized into His death, you know. So like Him, we were baptized that way. So so it, to me, it's that's the uh, that's the important factor. So the question I was asked
0: about a month ago now by a gentleman who's really. That's pretty exciting to see when this happens in people's lives. But he's on a journey of discovery in his relationship with God, and he's studying Scripture, and he's, you know, um, he's some, seeing some things that that he had known and learned before may not be complete. So he asked me, "Do I need to be baptized again?" I said, "Well, there's there's some issues we got to clarify here first. First of all, what was the first one? Well, I was I was an infant. My parents took me." to have that done and I was sprinkled well so let's look at this biblically right first of all it's the parents by faith probably thinking thinking and doing the best they knew to do making that choice not you Mm -hmm. there's the first that to me is the most distinct separation it's not based upon faith it's not a result of coming to believe Mm -hmm. it's somebody else you know, and so you could very easily i don't mean to make mockery of this, but you could very easily go and grab somebody off the street and baptize them, you know, especially with these two guys you, you know, we could get that done right I, mean, but, I
2: feel like I could make that happen, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: but is that a baptism we don't everybody would say no,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but you've seen the videos of infants mm-hmm. you know kicking and screaming and and while they're being baptized i mean it's yeah. not their choice and and i'm not making a mockery of that i'm, I'm I, that comes from a, a whole line of teaching in the church i understand all of that but that's not biblical baptism
1: it's actually more of a picture of the dedication of a child in the temple mm-hmm. in judaism and then resurfaces in the
2: and we're not saying that your parents did something wrong by, by no. doing that mm-hmm.
1: it's I, not I, baptism
2: But it's not baptism
3: it's not even the the word baptism i mean i know a lot of people don't like to get into you know they think you're convoluting things when you get into the greek but you're actually clarifying when you get into the greek because the word baptizo is to fully immerse something you know you rarely see in those infant baptism if you see a video on you don't see them going and throwing the child underwater you know and bringing them back up out that would be closer to the mode that, w- that the Greek word has in mind, but the connotation is that it's you're dipped into something. You're, you're fully buried. overwhelming it. Yeah, you're, you're, you're burying it. Yeah, and
0: I think that symbolism is so powerful when we understand that it's not the it's not the action that saves you. It's Jesus, and yeah. he was buried, he was crucified and
1: buried and resurrected. Right, and Jesus sets a new precedent even for how baptisms were done because mikvahs, you walk through them yeah whereas jesus is talked about he goes to the jordan and And allows
0: john to do it
1: so there's a difference even in how that separates it from a jewish practice to a submission of the heart yeah so sprinkling is not the biblical precedent
0: either right you know and and we can go back through history and understand how that started and uh, i don't know that it's necessary to go through that whole thing but you know it's a thousand years post mm-hmm. probably yeah. before we're doing that always uh, a good intent
1: that like it was oh, never yeah. a
0: malicious intent well no. it, was, it was the dark ages the uh, plague. Um, plague was sweeping across and parents were concerned parents were concerned that their kids if they died go without ahead. accepting christ would be lost um and so they're having that done you know that makes sense yeah but it's not right but it makes sense mm-hmm.
3: yeah um, i i've always go back to that story too of uh Raccoon John Smith, you know, from Restoration History class. I, I don't remember a lot of stuff from Restoration History class, but well, I do remember. Anybody with the name Raccoon. Well, you're going to listen, you he know. He hung out with Davy Crockett, I think. He did. At least he, he bought his hat from him, for sure. But <laughs> he, he, w- he was in a particular town where they were having a tent revival of a denominational church. Um, and he stood in the back for the longest time. And this preacher that was up front was baptizing babies. And they're squalling and fussing and like you were talking about, just throwing a fit in general. He he hands the baby over to the mom. Raccoon John Smith run, you know, goes to the front of the building and grabs this preacher by his shirt, you know, and by his belt, you know, and he starts running him out of the tent. He's kicking and screaming. What are you doing? Why are you doing? Of course, the whole congregation's following in his path. Takes him down to the creek, and runs him into the water. And he says, "What are you doing? What you know? What is your pr- intent here?" Raccoon John Smith says, "Well, I'm going to baptize you." And he says, "It isn't going to do me any good if I don't want to be." You know, he's wrestling with them and he says and he let go of him He said, That's the whole point. What you were doing with those that'd little be, kids. That'd they be fun to do with it. They didn't want that done to them. They didn't they didn't they weren't submitting to the, that. They weren't giving over to they were you were forcing that on them as opposed to them inviting that on for themselves. And I always th- that's an interesting way of looking at because even so many times we just push and push and push this idea of baptism and sometimes people are like, Whoa, you know, yeah. Back up a little bit. Let me at least come to know Jesus first. Let's let's let me get some of this figured out. And I think that that whole idea of submission is really important. It's go and make disciples. Yeah, right. Teaching a, a, them
0: a follower of Christ. I think uh, baptizing them. It yeah. comes as a part of the process yeah. of discipleship when they come to faith. It's not the end of the story. Then right. teaching them afterwards.
2: I was going to say right here in verse fourteen, the Lord opened her heart. I to respond that. to God's message, or Paul's message. The Lord opened her heart. We we, we don't open people's heart. Mm-hmm. Our job is to do what Paul did. He showed up and he preached the gospel, and he let the Spirit. Nobody comes to Christ that
0: Christ wasn't after. Yep. Right? I mean, that. the Holy Spirit is, that's kind of a weird word, but wooing. Yeah. Seeking. Mm-hmm. Working, you know, tilling the soil, however you want to put it. I, li- I like that phrase in this element, you know, because yeah. she's a faithful person, and and her relationship with God is on a is a journey, and she makes an important transition here. It's not the end of the journey; it's an important transition. Yeah, uh, and she keeps moving forward now, out of religion into relationship.
2: Right. And I think if you're a preacher like us, or you're a life group leader, like you're knowing your role in it in this is a big deal because it's not about how. I mean, I think we should articulate the gospel in a correct way and an articulate way, but it has nothing to do with how good we preach or how good our life conversation is or whatever. It's, it's God's spirit. It's, it's, they're wooing, you know He's wooing you to himself. And so knowing our role, then it's a big deal.
0: Mm-hmm. So do I need to be baptized again? I, I honestly have to answer yes. If you were an infant and sprinkled... I, yes you do you need to be because that's what the Bible lays out for us yeah. so I would ask why would you not you know what I mean why yeah. would, why would I not it's not that I mean, that's kind of a dangerous thing to say but it, the 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 process the act the whatever it's not that big of a deal why why would you not do that? Maybe it's the physical humility I get that could be a part of it, but I think sometimes for folks it's just to make a statement that this is the way I need to do things now is to say that these people that I loved and cared for
2: Hmm.
0: were wrong. What are we saying about them?
2: Well, that's the hang-up for some people because I've literally heard that. Mm-hmm. I can't be because if I do, my parents will, they just won't understand.
0: Uh, yeah, I've heard more heart-wrenching things than that. Are you saying that they're lost? Yeah. Uh, and I was. my response to that is, that's not my place to judge.
1: I, I'm not going to pretend to know. When you encounter the gospel, you have a choice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Lydia had a choice. To continue, in her religion, or to submit her heart and her life to Jesus. We all have to make a choice: is well, our heart fully surrendered to Christ? It's it, the, it's the, the guy that we met, in
2: Greece at church that night. Mm-hmm. Talk about a guy who had a, who could potentially be giving up a lot. Mm-hmm. And his, did, family, his family was still in Iran. Mm-hmm. Did he? Was he baptized when we were there? No. You know why? Because we were there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they went far away and it was just them.
0: Yeah, because if, if it's found out that he was, his family will probably be at risk of losing their life at home. Mm-hmm. That's a serious decision. He
2: encounters he, the gospel and he responds.
3: And he made it. He made that decision. Mm-hmm. That's the part when you said that Sunday, I was like, so he did it? Mm hmm knowing all of that i think that that is that's significant for me i mean you're talking about people who are wanting to be rebaptized or thinking sh- should they be rebaptized when they were baptized as infants but how often have you encountered that at oil belt where we're sitting around with teenagers who are saying should i be rebaptized i was re- only re- i was only baptized because a bunch of kids around me were being baptized should i should i do that again and i think it's almost the same kind of response as it is if you in your heart realize that you maybe need to make a better decision or a, a, a better submission decision
0: yes i don't know yeah. that's different than the people who say you know i was i was baptized and on the right track and then i went mm-hmm. off to college right mm-hmm. right and I, and I lived you know my life was full of unrighteous acts and stuff and that happens you don't need to be baptized again right right you just need to repent yeah yeah so i, I think coming back to the full circle I, I think there's things we want to make sure we say yeah about this right about those parents who don't know or didn't maybe they're deceased no chance of change mm-hmm. you know first of all we're not the judge of that what what god does with them is is great i'm glad if i get to go because of his grace i'm going to celebrate that And if somebody else gets there it's because of his grace as well you know i can't i'm not going to get in heaven and say well they weren't baptized i'm not you know that's not my place but the second thing is romans seems to indicate to me romans chapter one that we're judged based upon what has been revealed to us Um, and if you're presented with the gospel and you see how biblically you're supposed to respond to not do that Now that's shaky ground, right? To to live based upon what's been revealed to you, what you what you've been taught, what you know, well, that's a different story. But if you know something and still refuse to do it,
3: hmm. we're going to encounter that a lot through just these three chapters, like you were saying a while ago. um, It's interesting that um, Paul picks or Luke picks these three stories three very diverse people from different backgrounds in different areas of life socio economical all kinds of different different backgrounds i think he chooses you know i think he probably chooses it to set the example of look at all the different kinds of people who come to
0: luke includes these stories i think because of chapter 15
3: yeah Mm mm-hmm These are stories that are distinct
0: fruit of that decision that the church made.
3: Not under the Jerusalem Council, under the Jerusalem Council, or sort of under the Jerusalem Council. I mean, there's all varied um, backgrounds, but I think it's going to be interesting that there will be multiple and multitudes of people who will reject the message of the gospel as a result of Paul's preaching as opposed to those who do accept it. So you're going to see the living out of what you were saying is that you can choose or you can reject it a lot of them would reject it and they'll send Paul packing or they'll beat him to within an inch of his life and leave him for dead you know and and that's a that's a sad fact on just a commentary on the world itself mm-hmm. that where we stood there on Mars Hill how many of those men that were listening didn't accept jesus christ as lord and savior at least that we know of yeah. you know in in that moment he didn't convert all 600 of them just because they paul preached the gospel they made a choice mm-hmm. and they recho- they chose to reject him heavy stuff anything else you want to say on this
2: you need to, well at this point it's too late as i say <laughs> <laughs> i think, can say think there's that. a lot i'd like to say but we don't have time. <laughs> They need to, if you're, people should listen to this entire thing and listen to every moment of the sermon, because if you just listen to parts of it, got to keep it in context. Yep.
3: Yeah. And you know, the thing that I think is interesting is if it's a, if it's a thing that's stirring in you, even if it stirs a bit of anger or a bit of frustration or a bit of questioning or doubt, please talk to somebody Mm. because I think that's an important, um, for me, that would be an important thing if you, if you're the Holy Spirit is stirring that inside of you, then you need to at least ask some questions. Have a conversation. My,
0: my advice to somebody who is you know they're kind of offended by the things we've said because it's not what they were taught or what they practiced. What read the book of Acts. Yeah, you know. Hmm. I mean, if you want to go back to day one, and we, we know this from history, the closer you get to the authentic authentic first time a message is shared, the, the more likely it is to be accurate. The further it gets removed, the more likely it is to be corrupted. So Acts chapter 2 is, is day one of the church. Just read it. Read through the end of Acts and see what happens every time somebody encounters the gospel. They, a lot of people reject it, like, like you're saying, and they say no. But what happens to the people who say yes? And look at their life. They come to believe. How do they respond? What do they do? every time mm-hmm. and then make your choice
3: yep even in response to the question what must we do now to be saved paul says or peter says repent and be baptized yep. every one of you and a lot of them said no no nope, thank you about three thousand said yes yep. yep
0: where do you sit hey <laughs> i like turning to the camera it's dramatic dramatic thanks for joining us on this refreshing fun dialogue of the rethink podcast in greece